Hey there, John here. We are so glad you're listening to the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. If you're new to the show, I hope you find something here you'll enjoy and that gives you a reason to come back. If you've been listening for a little while or a long while, as is the case with so many of you, I want to ask a favor. Would you consider introducing us to just one friend this week? There's really no better method of advertising than word of mouth. Pick a friend who shares your sense of humor or interests, even if they don't know what a podcast is, and tell them why our show has become a regular listening for you. And be bold. Help them get a podcast app on their phone and walk them through how to subscribe to the show. We love that you're here and would greatly appreciate your recommendation. Thanks for your time. Now, let's get on with the show. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel, website, and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listener to the Gen X Grown Up Backtrack Podcast, which is the addition between our regular shows where we pick a single topic and dig in deep. I am John. Joining me, as always, is Mo. Hey, everybody. And you know George is here. Hey, how's it going, guys? We have a backtrack topic this episode that was inspired by one of our fourth listeners who wrote in. How about that? Woo! I love those. Yeah, those fourth are great. A few weeks ago, Rick wrote to us, and Rick said, here is an article of two 1975 sixth graders' prediction of what they thought 1999 <laughs> might look like. Oh, Maybe you guys can give us your youthful predictions <laughs> And how close they were. Oh, my God. <laughs> how close we were to what really happened or how close we were to the other 1975 no, no, how close we were to reality. Graders? How close okay. to reality. All so right. I pulled up this article that he sent me. It's got to be from Boy's Life or something. No, no. It's from the no, February no. 14th edition of the Courier Express newspaper in Dubois, Pennsylvania. All right. Wow. How That's the hell it. did Rick find that? Internet. Good. Internet. Internet. <laughs> Internet. <laughs> that damn futuristic technology. So it says Reynoldsville students peer into 1999. And the article kind of talks about these sixth graders were asked by their teacher to kind of project what 1999 would be like. And they wrote this little uh, short story. It's Friday, the 13th of October, of the year 1999. Robert is about to celebrate his 37th birthday. His good friend calls him to the picture phone. A oh, picture phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's take a three-day hike to Planet X, Robert. Bob suggests to Bob. Ooh. The following day was spent getting their equipment together, which included paper clothes, glass boots, and four jetpacks. <laughs> glass boots? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. How many jetpacks did they say? Four jetpacks. Four? What do you need four for? There's just two of them. I, I don't you know. Have Maybe. spare jetpacks, man. Come on. I guess. Their diet consisted of spaghetti, venison, vanilla, and chocolate milkshakes, and 100 hunkies. Hunkies? What the, what the hell's hell? a hunkies? <laughs> No, I, I don't know. Even I, before you get to the hunkies, that is the <laughs> oddest choice to take on a trip. What you say? Did you say vanilla? Like just yeah. the flavor? Vanilla and, no, vanilla. And I, chocolate I think it's milkshakes. vanilla and chocolate milkshakes. Vanilla. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, what are they just packing the vanilla beans in a little bag and taking it with <laughs> them? What the hell are they doing? Uh, so it continues. Igor, the friendly robot, was constructed in their family workshop, and he speaks with a monster accent. Of course, Whatever because his name is Igor. Yeah. Well, what's, what's a monster, monster accent? accent? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, Dr. Frankenstein. Yes, <laughs> yes, doctor. <laughs> the first day they traveled 3,000 miles per hour. Their first wow. rest stop was on the moon, where they watched a lunar soccer game between the Martians and the lunar robots. 
the rest stop <laughs> was on the moon. <laughs> so I, I, shenanigans, 3,000 miles per hour will not get you to the moon in a day. Just so you know, just putting that okay. out there. Okay. <laughs> Check these sixth graders on their math, damn Continuing. It, <laughs> Continuing on their trip, they discovered a lost robot, his electrons running out. They gave him some of Igor's and named the new friend Ralph. <laughs> Igor was very jealous of what he felt was his competitor. <laughs> what the fuck? So Igor has emotional states apparently built into his subroutines. Yes, yes, he does. He's a monster. Yeah, yeah. This is the beginning of the robot apocalypse coming in right here, right? <laughs> they spent that night at their destination, Planet X. A special Martian pie was enjoyed for Bob's birthday. Oh, good <laughs> The trip. I don't even want to think about what a Martian pie is. That's... Don't ask. <laughs> so, I know what you're thinking, George. Quit it. <laughs> it's not fruit. It's not meat. We don't know what it is. It's Martian. It's soil green. It's a combination. It's soil green, right? The trip home was on a new interplanetary space route 310. Okay. Space route. I guess. I guess. Well, yeah. <laughs> like the route moves itself or. No, like Route 66, right? It's how you get there. Yeah, it's like a highway. Yeah. Isn't that Route 66? Space highway. Route 66. It's Route 66. I beg your pardon. <laughs> oh, okay. They arrived back in Reynoldsville just as their oxygen tanks were ready to run out. They wow, went to visit they close. Mrs. Mulholland, where a surprise party was awaiting Bob. Bob got what? two parties Holy somehow. What? One on Planet X and one at Mrs. Mulholland's. Ralph the new robot was given to Mrs. Mulholland as a gift from outer space, and this suited Igor just fine. Just fine. Okay. All right. I want to point some holes out in this damn story. Okay. First of all, damn you sixth graders. They take extra jetpacks, but not extra oxygen tanks. Yeah, they got the priority straight. Poor planning. Apparently, I don't... Okay. And then they're giving gifts to other people on the one kid's birthday? Well, they had an extra robot. What are they going to do with it? They had to placate Igor because he was upset. I don't care what future you see. My birthday (laughs) gifts are coming to me, damn it. So those are the holes that you took out of this story, huh? (laughs) Those were the things. You can't breathe fire underwater. But that was explained. (laughs) So this was a fascinating article to read. Rick sent it to us. It was written back in 1970. What did I say? 1975. 75, right. And so in this backtrack, what we want to do is talk about the predictions that were made when we were growing up and how they have panned out, whether they ended up close or way off base or whatever that may be. That's where we're going with this. That sounds great, man. This is this should be fun. There are ways to beat the most common World's Fair affliction, sore feet. View it from the air. You can take a helicopter sightseeing tour or stay closer to the ground and still get an aerial view. The answer is the monorail ride. Looking at like this from a historical thing, which you know is like that's like my thing. Yeah, right. Resident yep. historian predicting the future is pretty common, right? I mean, not and I'm talking like Nostradamus kind of thing. I'm like people actually predicting what life's going to be like. And the biggest examples I could find were like the old World's Fairs they used to have and World Expos. Sure. Of course. Right. Yep. All those had like the world of tomorrow and what tomorrow holds. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow. That's kind of what Epcot was originally. I was exactly. just about to say, yeah, that was the idea behind Epcot. But I was just kind of looking at a list of some of the things that they were showing as like future stuff back like in the early like 1860s, that kind of time. Laid on us. And one of the things they had was like the elevator. Witchcraft. From floor to floor without the, <laughs> the elevator. <laughs> but, you know, back in the time, that was a thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Before it was invented, it was a prediction. And actually, it's funny. I saw one that was from the 1920 something, 26 World's Fair, I think it was. They had an early idea of a video phone that they were talking about. Really? Okay. That's been around for a long time. Yeah. It's been around for a long time that they've been talking about that. Now, where we actually came out of it was different, but- 
And a lot of their predictions are a real sign of the times, too, because some yeah. of them just really talk about, you know, in the future, women wearing dungarees. I mean, <laughs> right. <laughs> women voting. <laughs> well, probably. I mean, you think about the video phone. Somebody had to predict that about seven minutes after the first phone call, because, you know, oh, of course, yeah. receiving yeah, that phone call right. on the other end. The first thing that the person said was, I want to know who the hell this is talking <laughs> to me right now. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. I'm thinking that the other place you see a lot of predictions is like TV and movies, right? Oh, yeah. yeah that's a great place to start. I mean, we yeah. love Generation X media, and there are several films that either were placed in the future mm-hmm. or they looked into the future. Mo, you reached out to people on Facebook and said, yeah. what were your kind of like predictions of the future when you were growing up? And uh, Tammy wrote in yeah. and said, I thought it would be closer to the Jetsons. <laughs> well, the Jetsons is probably, that's like the seminal Generation X future prediction media format, right? Because that's what we grew up with as kids way before any of the great films and everything that we would get to see. The Jetsons, you got to see every day on your television. So it's like they took everything out of popular mechanics and crammed it into the Jetsons, you know, the flying cars, the domes, all that that fun stuff. The one thing I remember from the Jetsons, of all the stuff they showed, I don't know why this line remembers me, is when George is like at the office and he comes, he's on his way home and he's like, oh man, these 16 hour work weeks are going to kill me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Poor baby. And I'm thinking yeah. in the future, I'm like, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> I can't wait for that. Yeah, that you better keep out. waiting. <laughs> Is that ain't happening anytime soon? Yeah, that's definitely not happening. Man. You're not going to talk about the future without talking about uh, probably the best time travel film coming out of our generation with the Back oh, yeah. to the Future series. Sure. Oh, Back yeah. to the Future 2, especially, where we get to go to the future. Well, all the way to 2015. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Right. <laughs> And they had a pretty good, and that was like, what, 15 years in the future? Was that right? No, 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 it was no, 20 it was, yeah, years at that point. No, it was 20 years. 30 years, 30 years, because Back to the Future was 85. Okay. That's right. So 2015 was 30 years. Yep. So let's, let's run down some of the things that they had in Back to the Future 2, <laughs> and yeah. let's see where we're at. Uh, so hoverboards? No. No, 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 they do. I've seen some hoverboard things. I've seen some videos on those, like where the kids are in the skate okay. park yeah, and they've yeah. got like, you know, like they've frozen the molecules in them and that's what helps them hover. Yeah, so experimental. Right, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, not widespread for sure. They're not licensed for Barbie or anything yet, but. Yeah, I, I think that's a recurring theme we're going to run into, that so much of this cool tech we're going to talk about has not like manifested, like I can go to the store and get it, but it's kind of like people are working on it because right. they saw it, you know? Yeah. It, and also the future hoverboards obviously did not catch on fire. Right. No. Not so. <laughs> no. <laughs> so a lot of wearable tech yeah. in Back to the Future too, yep. And that, that pretty much is not exactly like they envisioned it, but I mean, I've got my smartwatch. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's true. Well, smartwatch is I mean, almost kind of an I spy thing, really, if you want to go back even further, right? A Dick Tracy, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, the computer watch. Yeah, for sure. Video calls. Yeah, they had video Home calls. Run. Yep. Go. We made yeah. no problem. I mean, it, it, too much. In fact, but I don't use them. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I know. I, I I think I call someone on FaceTime like once. like come on. I it's a phone call. I don't want to have to put on pants. I just want to <laughs> have the phone call. They never consider. If you look at like the early film reels of like in the future, we're gonna have uh, video phone calls. But it was always a guy in his office, and he had a suit and a tie, right. and his hat was on. You know. I've not showered yet when I'm on the call. Usually, I don't. <laughs> Didn't Jetsons have like this mask you could put on, look like your face is perfect? Yeah. 
Okay. It was like, a, they call it the morning mask or something like that. It's not just the ones yep. on our cell phones, you know, the FaceTime and all that kind of stuff. But we also like some of the newer products. The Isn't there an Amazon product? It's got a video screen built into it. So it's like Alexa. And yeah, you know, yep. oh, she's waking up to yep. me now. Yeah, of course. I do. But it's got a video call. That you can make. <laughs> Don't I know, say right? too loud. I, I hate she's to like, listening. that's one thing when we're recording these, I can't. The Echo Show. I can't say that name now. So this damn technology is stifling my is free speech. What word can't you say, George? I'm not saying it. No. Yeah, what, what's that word? She's listening. <laughs> well, if you say it on the podcast, it'll make all of our fourth listeners have their advice wake up. Okay, so yeah. Alexa. Yep, there you go. You're welcome. Alexa, play the Gen X Grown Up podcast. <laughs> <laughs> on, on repeat. So another of the uh, Facebook listeners chimed in. Scott said, the three seashells, LOL. Yeah, Demolition Man. Now, I didn't know what this was about. Tell yep. us more about the three seashells <laughs> for those that might not know. Like so well, in Demolition Man, <laughs> Stallone is the cop. Wesley Snipes is the criminal. They both get frozen. Yeah. Instead of prison, they freeze people. They wake him up a few hundred years later. One of the things is while he is in the police station, he needs to go to the restroom. He walks in, he comes out, and he asks Rob Schneider, of all people on the police force, if you can believe Rob Schneider is on the police force, yeah. <laughs> he's like, what's the deal with the three seashells? And Schneider just starts laughing, like mad hilarity. Oh, he doesn't know the three seashells. <laughs> but apparently the three seashells have replaced toilet paper in the future. <laughs> Well, <laughs> thankfully, they have not. So that yeah. bit of future prediction did not come true. Or it might have been good. You don't no. know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I can't imagine. <laughs> Let's move on from that. Uh, Marty, after he was riding his hoverboard, yeah. he fell in some water. And then what did he do? It, his jacket said, yeah. you know, self-drying. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, but his shoes are. Yeah. His shoes are self-tying shoes. They're hella expensive. It's like this weird prototypey mm -hmm. thing that they did make, but it's not widely available. Wait a minute. So what? So what did they make? Like, what do they mean by self tying shoe? There were a limited run by Nike. They released. I I know it was less than fifty. I think. Yep. They're self tying shoes. You put them on, and okay. they the laces like shrink down to your foot. They tighten up. Yep, mm -hmm. and they grab your foot. Yep. Holy cow. Huh. Yeah. So somebody actually spent time on that, huh? There's other tech out there that tries to replace. I mean, how freaking lazy are we that we can't tie our shoes? Right. Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking. But I mean, there, there's other tech that like, you know, bungee yeah. cords and stuff that replace shoelaces and that sort of. They don't tie themselves, but we certainly continue down the path of being you know, too lazy to tie our shoes. one thing we haven't brought up as far as something that predicted the future that ended up actually a lot of it coming true, and I just realized we haven't talked about it yet, is Star Trek. A lot of the original series yep. of Star Trek oh, has yeah. not only come true, but it's Plenty of that. super heavily influenced our lives to the point where it inspired it's, so much. Yeah, I mean, yep. now there are things like your cell phone. That's a Star Trek thing. The early Razor phones were very much like the uh, flip-out communicator, yep. which no accident that was inspired by. In fact, yeah. I don't know if anybody had a Razor phone <laughs> that didn't flip it open. Like right. You always wanted that little <laughs> ringtone when it would open up, right? Yep. Right, chime when opens right yeah next generation i mean they always had the, mm -hmm. what they called the pad the p-a-d-d -D, the personal right. assistant digital device or something but that's basically yep. an ipad or any kind of tablet you have today yeah. and you see that you saw that a lot in tv movies back then too yeah well any sci-fi you know, predicted like very small tv small computers rather. and everybody right now is working toward the holodeck uh, how many different iterations of virtual reality and things have we seen where people are trying to recreate the holodeck experience from next generation yeah that's kind of where we're going, I 
think a half step is the AR and VR. Mm -hmm. In fact, another one of our Facebook watchers, Ben, wrote in and said, augmented reality VR, he thought would be much further along by now. That was his early prediction. And he's right, because if probably in, even in the early 90s, you had stuff like Lawnmower Man and yeah, crap yeah. like that. They were predicting that this is going to be how everybody lives. It's the future. Or Back to the Future 2, they were all living in their VR little world. Yeah, it's, it's dinner tables. They're all watching their little VR right. thing. And we just talked about it in the last episode of the podcast, I think, or maybe two episodes ago. Uh, somebody wrote in and was asking about AR and VR. And it, just, it just isn't there. It just isn't we, quite- We actually got this new- prototype augmented reality thing at work and I was kind of playing with it a little bit. Of course bit. you did, Mo. And it was cool what <laughs> you could do. Like it actually would project like a TV screen up so you could actually have a screen up like right in front of you. You could turn to the right and have a different TV show going and turn to the left and have another thing going. But it's still a long way from- Still if not you there. Think about it, it, still not there. It kind of goes back to something John has said more than once, which is it hasn't found a way to solve the problem of interacting with media better than what we currently have. Like video game VR hasn't figured out a way to do better than the keyboard mouse joystick kind of thing. They've still got right. some yep. ways to go before they're going to find yeah, that sure. thing that grabs a hold. They're still trying to fix a problem that's not yeah, uh, like cell not phones. Fix they it. fixed that, you know, your phone being tied to your house problem. And they did it in such a way that yep. it grabbed a hold once they got it on par with household quality. So here's another one that we saw in pretty much, I don't know, dozens of yeah. sci-fi movies. Walking up with your handprint or fingerprint to open a door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Biometrics, right? Businesses have that today. Yep. Biometrics. I mean, you can unlock your computer, unlock your phone. They didn't yep. call it that. It was some kind of scanning my hand, you know, right. super security. But that's everywhere now. I mean, yeah, you using your phone, face. Even I don't my know son's daycare when he that. was a kid. What? Yeah. <laughs> really? Daycare center opened and it was in the rich area of town and they had thumbprint scanners on the door before you could go in. I'll be. Well, good. Good on them. But, but now they even have like face recognition. And I mean, mm-hmm. this is so yeah. many ways. Iris can- scan. Iris yep. can, yeah. Oh, you know one that we don't have today that I thought we would have when I was a kid that I'm really disappointed, by the way, okay. is flying cars. Flying cars. You know, that's we the one that everybody cars goes now. to. I don't want flying cars. I want flying cars, <laughs> goddammit. I don't. My wife and I were even talking about this. We were on a car ride the other day and we were talking about flying cars and I was like, I don't want flying cars. And she said, why? And I said, because we can't drive regular cars without killing each other. Because people are idiots. Right. Because people are damn Can idiots. Can you imagine That's being right. 10,000 feet in the air? And you're not walking yeah. away from that crash. Right now, if I get in a car accident, there's a better fly than away. average chance that I'm going to walk away from it because of all the yeah. safety features in cars with this, you know, the airbags and the seat belts and the crumple zones and everything. But 10,000 feet in the yeah, air? Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, give yeah. A shit. Besides all that, away so from that. Besides all that, who cares <laughs> but, about But it that? would be I cool. I want flying freaking cars, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I want to get in a car, have it go up, and fly me someplace. That's all I'm looking for. And we should have had it by now, damn it. And I think we should. Have you ever borrowed a book from thousands of miles away? Across the country. Just your head. Take next step. Without stopping for direction. Could you use a helping hand on your next electronics project? Quad Hands is the ultimate third hand helping hands vice and hobby station. The first thing you'll notice is how heavy a quad hands is. It's made from solid steel and then coated with a baked on powder coat for a durable finish. And the rubber feet are going to keep it from sliding on your bench and give you a nice sturdy work surface. Those flexible all metal gooseneck arms feature rotating alligator clips to hold your boards and wires firmly in place. And removable silicone covers come pre-installed on those clips to protect those delicate wires and boards. And those arms can be put anywhere you need them, no fumbling around with awkward joints that are difficult to position. The quad hands was designed to help you do your best work 
work. It's built to last right here in the USA and backed by a lifetime guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Order yours today from Amazon or quadhands.com. Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners can save 20%. Just use offer code GENXUP20, that's G-E-N-X-U-P-2-0. For your next project, let a quad hands hold what your hands create. Well, how about this? I thought robots would also be a lot more prevalent day to day. Like uh, I think Back to the Future, they had a thing where like a robot would fill your car for you when you drove up to the pump. Oh, okay. That I'm kind of you. thing. Like service bots kind of stuff. Yeah. I thought we'd have more of that, which you don't have any really I could think of. Robots is another one that's just like it's only it's either in heavy industry, mm-hmm. like right. car building robots or manufacturing robots, or they're just proof of concept. They're toys. It's like, look, we made a robot that can open a door. Right. Look, we made a robot that can serve a drink. I mean, yeah, they have one that could vacuum your floor, right? That's about it. There's one thing that I've seen that's apparently very successful right now. There's a restaurant that serves um, Mongolian style food and it's all Mm -hmm. automated. So like they have these big tumblers Mm. that drop the food into them and it spins like a drum. Like if you've ever seen all those shows about how they make candy and stuff, that kind of a drum, but it's a heated drum. So it cooks the food. Then it spits it out of a plate and the plate is put in front of where the customer is sitting. It's all automated. There's no human interaction whatsoever. That's the only thing I've seen that is like that in commercial. (laughs) use right now. Well, on the topic of methods of travel, Mm -hmm. uh, another of our Facebook uh, readers, Ronan, said jetpacks. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) That's That's another like the flying cars. That's all you need to say. Absolutely. (laughs) And and again, jetpacks are a thing, but they're not the way we envisioned them. Mm -hmm. We thought everybody would have a jetpack and you'd you'd step out and put on your jetpack and off you go. I remember as a kid, God, what was it? It was like when the Olympics, I think it was like the 1980 Olympics. Right. They yeah, had a guy right, right, fly yeah, yeah. in on a jetpack. Yeah. And you're like, here we are. The future is here. And it's it's gone nowhere since then. Well, the no. James Bond jetpack, that's a real working jetpack. That thing yeah. actually oh, works. Yeah, yeah. And that was what, yeah, from the yeah. 60s or 70s when that film was released? Again, but, if I can't get it at Walmart, it hasn't reached me I yet. That's right. <laughs> I mean, yes, it exists <laughs> technically, but I mean, what are the limitations of that jetpack? I mean, you have to be a certified pilot and you right. probably, it only has enough fuel for 30 second flight and like I envisioned like replacing my like I, it was the freedom of a bike but in the air I was know, just watching the show the other day you ever watched uh, the BB show called Click the guy who invented the aqua jetpack you know the thing that's hooked up to yeah. like the sea mm-hmm. do and so he's got a regular flyable jetpack and it's set up very much like the Green Goblin from the Spider-Man films it's one of those kind of things where it's got the base and you go around he's got one of those but he says he'll never sell it to the public because it's just too damn dangerous He's the only one that flies. You almost need like this self-driving car technology to get you where you need to be because people are just too, they're going to get in the jetpack and text. I mean, they're not going <laughs> to, yeah. they're, they're not going to pay attention. That's the problem. That. Don't jetpack and text. Yeah. I think the only way it's going to work, you're going to have to have the self-driving technology married with quadcopter technology. Because that's a more stable platform. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing. Yeah. But they're going to have to figure out things like battery life and, you know, scale to size and all that kind of thing before we even get close to seeing it at Walmart, for instance. Disappointing. I yeah, wonder if just panic. <laughs> yep. I remember vividly sitting with a buddy of mine in, oh, I don't know, it had to be 70 seven or something. And we were, we're like, do you realize we're going to be alive in the year 2000? He's like, no, really? Oh my God. And we're got the, doing the math. I'm going to be 30. What? Oh my God. <laughs> you know, and then we hit 2000 and we're like, Ooh, yeah, yeah, it's 2000. Yeah. Hey. Prince had a song about it already. I'm, I'm prepared. Done. <laughs> Another one of our Facebook followers, Brett 
said he thought by now knowledge would be beamed directly into my brain. <laughs> oh, like the um, like the automatic learning kind of things, like yeah, what exactly. you see in the Matrix. Or you sleep yes. something on and or, that's right. Yeah, yeah. or you sleeping right. and you put this thing on, and also you wake up with this knowledge. John does that. Yep, John does that right now. <laughs> Have you not shared a room with John? He puts yeah. on some kind of audio thing or something and listens to it while he sleeps, and then he wakes up and I swear to God he's smarter. I don't know how he does it, <laughs> but it drives me fucking nuts. Maybe it just makes you dumber, so by comparison I seem yeah. smarter. It makes you dumber from lack of sleep, so, like you know. idiocracy, right? Right. Yeah, you're yeah. not as perceptive. I vividly remember a good friend of mine when we were in middle school or so. Not so much a prediction, but like like the flying car, it's like a wish. It was like studying and all this cramming for tests. It's like, it's I want to know this stuff. It's just so time consuming. I wish I could take a pill. Yeah. Just take a pill oh, limitless. that had this book in it. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's not just ability. It's like the pill had the knowledge. Oh, okay. Because all knowledge is chemically stored in your brain. Sure. It's like, we just need the pill that has that data in it. Like, take a pill. I'm a pilot. Or take a pill. I know everything about history or world <laughs> events, you know. <laughs> That would be pretty cool. Sadly, that never yeah. happened. Oh, well. <laughs> I say one place that we are definitely disappointing us as far as where we thought we would be is anything dealing with outer space. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks, government. <laughs> We're dabbling. We're dabbling. We, we dabble, but I mean, everything. I mean, look from 2001 yep. Space Odyssey to 1999. Yeah. I mean, they thought <laughs> that we would have like a moon base yeah. by now, that going to space would be like a no big deal. Right. One of our oh, Facebook followers, okay, Rick, great. wrote in and yeah, he yeah. said, I thought we would have a moon base yeah. in the future. And we still don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Matter of fact, no one's been back Hell, to the, the moon since the last The damn company in 2001 doesn't even exist anymore because the other ones just ran it out of business, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. Jeez. <laughs> we would have had it, too, if it wasn't but for that. That's what they like Pan Am If it wasn't for Delta, yeah. Pan Am would have us on the moon <laughs> right now. Damn Delta. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, no, I thought space travel in general would be like like a, it would be like a plane, right? Yeah. That you would go down to the spaceport yeah. and you'd get your ticket and you're Rob and Bob. And the, uh, the article we started the show with, we thought we would just head down Route 310 and uh, we're on to Planet X. Right. <laughs> I think a lot of that has to do yeah. with the fact that when we were kids imagining this, we grossly underestimated how big space is. And how difficult it is just to get outside of Earth's gravity well. Out of Earth. Yeah. 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 That's not easy. And, you know, there are people who are doing it private sector now because the government is, or at least our government is kind of falling behind on funding those things. Yeah. I was just watching a TV show today where some billionaire from China has bought 10 seats on the moon oh, yeah. trip from Elon Musk. He's going to put himself in one of the seats, but then the other nine seats, he's going to put artists in the seats so that they can become inspired by the trip and maybe huh. create new things. So like a dancer, a musician, an artist. And was it each seat like $10 million or something? He would not say how much it cost, but he said, it's the largest thing I've ever paid for. Yeah. That's all he would say. He's treating space travel like acid. Yeah. It's like, here, do this and you'll uh, expand your mind and you'll further your art. And then he invited the really attractive news anchor host who was interviewing him. So I'm not sure how, <laughs> how, how altruistic his motives are. <laughs> A little moonraker activity <laughs> taking place. Apparently in AD 2000, we shall be having a hair-raising time. Yet another designer goes so far as to believe that skirts will disappear entirely. Shoes will have cantilever heels, and an electric belt will adapt the body to climatic changes. 
I thought living on other planets was going to be a thing. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. did too. Of course. I mean, if you're going to travel, you know, mm-hmm. yes, I mean, space tourism is one thing, but today, if we consider the likelihood of living on another planet, we know that, well, it's going to take X number of years to get there and you're probably never coming back. Right. Yeah. But I think when we were kids growing up, we thought of it more as just a really long and fast plane mm-hmm. ride. So you can go live on another planet. It's like another city. You come back and visit probably. You know, we talk about interplanetary possibilities. Look at our fiction and our, our films. You either have to go into cryostasis to get there or generations later actually arrive there. I mean, the vastness of space is crushing my childhood dreams. Well, even look at the, the <laughs> novel The Martian that became the movie later on for Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, just the yep. way that they were going to try and get him back. And it was all those months and the planning of the cargo and the payloads and everything. It's not going to be an easy thing. And I think that when we're children, our imaginations can leap over all of those things. And I think that's a good thing because a lot of, of times it's those yeah, imaginations too. that find the way around, right? That's how we get to those creative things. I totally agree. I don't want to sure. make other yep. children out there who might someday listen to this podcast feel like they can't imagine. Please keep imagining because it's those imaginations that will eventually get us to those goals. Well said. Yes. Well said. One of the things that I thought would definitely be around, and I, like any kid, I was enamored with escalators and elevators. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, like the World's <laughs> Fair in the 1920s. Yeah. Right. In the future, moving <laughs> stairs. You know, I remember I always thought that there would be, they would take that to the nth degree, you'd have moving sidewalks everywhere you went. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, that's only in Vegas and Universal yeah. Studios, I think. In some airports. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, yeah. Or a big airport or, yeah. Moving sidewalks are really just to, to get people further where you're going a little bit quicker if you don't want to walk, but it hasn't replaced anything. No. As a kid, you're like, oh, no problem. If they have they have a people mover, just put them everywhere on the street. <laughs> right. And now realizing the logistics of just how many miles of that is and how often they break down. And this- I really thought the Logan's Run <laughs> tubes were going to be a thing, like the pneumatic tubes. I know Elon Musk is trying to do that as well. I mean, well, they have those in Futurama, so you can get the tubes they? and travel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I keep missing that yeah. one. So we have it. It's a, it's in a, it's a cartoon, so it's real. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't talk about yeah. transportation without talking about the ultimate mode of transportation thanks to Star Trek. Hmm. Teleportation. Yeah. Transporters. Got to have a transporter. Oh, man. From the first time I saw transporters, today I still lament for transporters. As much as I travel for work, (laughs) I have to fly over the world. It would be so much easier if I just got up in my my house, in my bed, drove down to the transporter office, got in it, and came out at some office on the other side of the globe. You don't even necessarily want it like in your living room. It's okay if you have to go to a spot to get it. No, it's okay. Just get me there quickly. I don't want to sit in a plane for 10 hours. I just think it's going to be more like the fly. (laughs) (laughs) You know. <laughs> <laughs> Where you're going to go in this machine and don't know what the hell John is going to come up John comes out as half man, half beetle. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or two people get mixed. I mean, I don't know. It's, that would be interesting. Talk about marriage. Interesting is one way to look at it. I was watching a show <laughs> that they were kind of looking at like, okay, what's the feasibility of these things? And they said that essentially a transporter digitizes you yep, and right. then undigitizes you at the next side, which means they have to store all the data that makes you, you. Right. And what comes out the other side is not you. It's, it's really a copy not a copy of you. You technically mm-hmm. die and then come back at the other side. If they dismantle me. And if, yeah, if the transporter blue screen of death. A couple in the of middle, Star Trek yeah. episodes hit on that topic several times. There was the uh, Scotty episode Relics in Next Generation where his pattern was stored. He was stuck in the buffer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He stored in yep. the yeah, teleporter. Yeah, there was yeah. the character um, Barkley who was deathly afraid of transporters. And when he was in one, he saw the little creature. Right. 
layers in there and it turned out it was the patterns of former people that were stored in them it was crazy stuff but yeah i wish we had transporters <laughs> i don't want to get brundle right. flight either so i just, uh, <laughs> just keep flying the space age is upon us in more ways than one but such down-to-earth problems of office space need no longer exist because already there's a solution data phone service allowing a machine to talk to another machine over the telephone. Rising from the depths of a state called Michigan, two inebriated dorks prepare their plan for intergalactic domination. Mixing their extensive knowledge of geek culture with their insatiable thirst for alcohol, these two man-children bring you a show like you've never heard before. They will tell you tales from faraway lands, and have you questioning their taste in beer. But make no mistake, friend, for the best coverage of your favorite comics, films, and TV shows, there's no better source for you to get your fix. So listen up, strap in, and prepare yourself as Jake and Tom conquer the world. There's a whole category of just general technology. That was pretty much the image of the future, right? Yeah. It was like, technology is going to save us. Right. It's going to give us a million things. So another one of our Facebook followers, T2, he said, laser guns and medical tricorders. Yeah. So straight out of science fiction. He thought those would be things that we had. Yeah, I thought we'd have lasers for sure. I mean, we have lasers. They play our DVDs. I mean, like, you know, to, burn, to a burn, hole, burn a hole in people. Not someone's retina, but yeah. burn a hole through the person's body. I, I thought for sure we'd have that by I now. I mean, they've developed some large application things of those for military tech and whatnot, but nothing that you, you can go buy at Walmart again. Again, right. I can't go down to Walmart yeah, right. and get me a laser gun. I want to shoot some <laughs> some squirrels with my laser gun. I want to see those little squirrels fry. I want to see their heads explode from I mean, inside. I didn't care so much That's about right. laser guns, but the medical tricorders was definitely something I thought, A, we would absolutely have and B, I really wanted to see because how many times have people been diagnosed too late or misdiagnosed yeah. in a certain way? I really wanted that technology there. I even saw it in my mind that you could have one at your house and just when you would wake up in the morning, it would scan you or you could scan yourself with it or whatever. Just like a quick status report. Yeah. yeah. I really kind of Oh my God, that, that. makes somebody, that could really stress somebody out though. <laughs> it's like it's every like, day. I don't want to wake up. You know, it's like, <laughs> hey, your, your metazolam dropped by one third of a percent yesterday. Oh my God. You know, right. <laughs> of course it would be tied to some kind of commercial or something like, Oh look, your salt intake decreased by this amount. Have more of Stouffer's butter. You know, or something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's exactly how they would market that. Yeah. Yeah. Sell ads on their personal tricorder. <laughs> Do you feel sad? Do you sometimes get angry? Oh, eat this pill. Yeah, exactly. I think everyone saw future technology is like solving the world's problems. Well, yeah, it all would. Yeah. Right. Overpopulation. There'd be no, there'd be no hunger. hunger. There'd be, we wouldn't be using fossil fuels. People wouldn't get yeah. sick. I think things are better. At least I hope they are. I think every one of those topics we have improved right. on, but not what we thought would be well, the, the panacea. Yeah. Like tech's going to fix and it. And I want to say, you know, we've improved on them. But when we say we, we're looking at it from a definitely a United States American point of view. There mm, are other true. places in the world that would call bullshit on that statement in a heartbeat. And the problem is, while we've made these technologies available and they're able to do a lot of these things, they have been so commercialized that we haven't had the altruistic method of 
allowing every human on earth to be able to use them. There's no reason that a single human being on this planet should starve to death at this point. Not a single one. Yeah. Right. There's plenty of food, actually. Yeah. Fair point. We know the transporter would fix that. We could beam <laughs> food. Flying cars, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we could beam the food to where it's needed instead of just throwing it well, away. Well, they said that they could waste that the United States, the amount of food that's oh, wasted yeah. here yeah. would feed like most of the people in the world. Oh, we are, t- we're terrible. How many times we're do awful. we all have to go to Epcot and ride that damn the land exhibit oh, the craft boat thing. tour thing <laughs> before we finally yep. send some food to some of these hungry ass people? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mailed them a sandwich, but when it got there, <laughs> oh. no, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, when I say we have gotten there, I mean, it exists. Clearly it hasn't like unified the globe. And frankly, the other thing that hasn't come true would have helped that. How many times in our science fiction, our media and our tech, our vision of the future, has the Earth become a unified single point of identity because there are other worlds out there? It's sure. not like the East, the West, the United States, Russia, you know, China or whatever. It's just Earth. You're an Earthling. Right. right. Nowhere in our science fiction do people go, oh, you're a Chinese Earthling. You're you know, an Indian Earthling. They didn't care. You're just from Earth because... There was a larger scope. The space travel didn't happen. We can't go to Planet X, like that great article. We're still just fighting amongst ourselves and fighting over table scraps instead of, you know, furthering. I I hate to say this. That's my soapbox. I I think that the only thing I could see that would totally unify the planet is if aliens attack us. Alien attack. Yep. Alien Alien attack. Yep. (laughs) Then we'd be all like, yes, Earthers first. Let's make Earth great again. (laughs) One of these other countries, one of these other leaders is going to Putin Trump the damn thing and join up with the aliens or something like that. So it's not (laughs) even going to unify us completely. There's going to be some schmuck out there. Yeah. The only thing that kills the alien is love. (laughs) (laughs) We're screwed. (laughs) I mean, a couple of things I was kids thinking about now, which I'm glad didn't happen, especially growing up in the 70s, is nuclear war. Oh, the whole Cold War thing. Yeah, that was a big thing for us, right? scary thing. Yeah. I mean, that- yeah, there were some visions of the future. I mean, we all expected World War Three would happen mm-hmm. because we had one and we had two and they were yeah. pretty, you know, close proximity within a generation. And so we all just pretty much figured when we were growing up, Russia was the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. For us. War right. was going to happen, nuclear or otherwise. It was just a matter of time. Luckily, that didn't come true. Yeah. Phew. You can be thankful for that one, I guess. Yeah. I still would rather have flying cars, but yeah, I, I think. <laughs> Jesus, with the flying cars. <laughs> I'm pissed. You're not talking about a trade-off, are you, Mo? Like, you'll take nuclear war if you get a flying car? Well, like, it depends how big the war is. <laughs> wow, are you, so like, you can fly over the scorched earth and just, ah, oh, you're all dead and I have a flying car. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I win! <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, no, no. I'm glad we did not have World War Three. so. And, and you're sad you don't have a flying car? I am sad about the flying car thing, though. So there you have what many experts say is the train of the future. Swift and sure it is, but one word of caution, please do not get off between stations. If anything in this episode has piqued your interest, we've put links in the show notes you can click on to find out more. Catch up on past shows and be alerted every week when a new one drops by subscribing to us in Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, iTunes, or wherever you like to listen. While in iTunes, take a second to rate and review the show. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. We'd love to hear from our fourth listener, so email your thoughts, suggestions, questions, ideas, or complaints on this or any other episode to podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is so much more than just this podcast. You can also find our video content on YouTube or explore our entire body of work on our website at genxgrownup.com. Our Gen X future predictions, it seems like so many of them 
didn't come true, but we're working at them. Yeah. Yeah. Some did come true, but they're only in, you know, these very specific expensive applications. They're not public. Not at my Walmart, damn right. it, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the ones where happy didn't come true, even though they thwarted Moe's flying car <laughs> abilities. Yeah. I'm still not sure that that logic works. <laughs> <laughs> because we didn't have nuclear war, we didn't get flying cars. I don't think that's how it goes. You never know. The whole butterfly effect. That's you the trade-off that Mo is willing to make. That's all it is. <laughs> Thanks again to fourth listener Rick, who sent in this idea that mm-hmm. turned yeah. into a backtrack. We appreciate yeah. you always. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thank you, Rick. I am John. Thanks so much, George, for joining us. Yes, sir. And Mo, appreciate you. Absolutely, man. Always fun. And more than anything, fourth listener, we appreciate you for joining us on the show. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. See you guys. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? No games, no puns. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. This podcast is an affiliate of the GWW Radio Network. Visit Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, TV, cosplay, and more. Um, what is Three Seashells? That's from... Uh, That's from Demolition Man. Yeah. Oh, no idea. Those were the but, toilet paper that he used in Demolition Did you not see fucking Demolition Man either? <laughs> you, I can't believe your shit. Are you fucking kidding me? No, I've never seen Demolition Man. That's Wesley Snipes at his best. Come on. No, I've never seen that one. Now, I know, wait, let's see, but I know there's stuff in it. Like, I know Taco Bell <laughs> has like a... shells. Taco, Taco Bell, Bell has taken has over like, all the yeah, restaurants. every restaurant. See, I know that. See, I, yeah. I know just enough. I know there's robots in the future, right? Oh, it's my like, fucking God. Like so Blade Runner. Movie, 80 movies virginity is going to be a series now. I, I can't imagine that you haven't seen this shit. What the fuck were you doing? Improving yourself? Jesus Christ. I, w- I was doing other stuff. Good Lord. I lived in the woods. <laughs> Hey, it's Spanish. And it's Verlaine, and we are Game Fix. And where are you going to get the latest video game news and reviews? A- anywhere on the internet. No, no, no. Where, where are you going to get unfiltered opinions, brutal truths, and pretty much things nobody has the balls to say? Ah, then, my friend, you're talking about us, the Game Fix podcast. Damn right I am. If you want to join us for our takes on gaming news, honest gaming reviews, and celebrity interviews... Uh, oh, we're doing this rhyming thing? Well, then get on your shoes. We'll eliminate your blues. Hey, you might end up with some really heavy clues. No, no. no. Find our podcast on iTunes or our website at GameFixShow.com. Hey, maybe video games aren't your thing. I was a loser once, too. We talk movies, comics, toys. To convince you that everything that we just said is true, here's Duke Nukem. Cheers, love. The Calvary's here. No, 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 no. The other line, man. Take it from me, Duke Nukem. Either listen to the Game Fix podcast or go f*** yourself. I don't really care. Whoa! Whoa.